I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now. Thank you so much. Called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com, and definitely check out those shows as well. I hope you'll all check out the all-new Zibby Mag, Z-I-B-B-Y-M-A-G, the literary lifestyle destination with essays, book news, a lit lifestyle feature, and even some classes. Check it out, zibbymag.com. Meryl Wilsner is the author of Mistakes Were Made, a novel. Meryl writes happily ever afters for queer folks who love women. They are the author of Something to Talk About and Mistakes Were Made. Born in Michigan, Meryl lived in Portland, Oregon, and Jackson, Mississippi before returning to the Mitten State. Some of Meryl's favorite things include all four seasons, button-down shirts, the way giraffes run, and their wife. Welcome, Meryl. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Mistakes Were Made, a novel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. This was like the kind of book where I opened it up and I was like, okay, we're going there. Oh my gosh. I was like, like, you know, I'm like sitting reading with my glasses, like, oh, okay. Very yeah, we, steamy, very steamy beginning. Yeah, we, as we like to say, we start off with a bang, yes. um, quite literally. This, <laughs> this book actually began as long, long ago as fan fiction. And it was just supposed to be a little steamy one short. That first chapter was just yep. the whole thing. 
that was all that was going to happen. And then I had friends sort of poking me like, hey, what if what if other things happened in this? And suddenly now I have a book. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, it's great. I mean, it's like, uh, well, why don't you tell listeners what your book is is about? Let's start there. Mistakes Were Made is about a college senior who has a one night stand with an older stranger who she meets at a bar. And the next morning she goes to breakfast with her best friend and her best friend's mom, who it turns out is the older stranger that she had the one night stand with. Obviously, that should be the end of it, but the what what my friends poked me about to continue (laughs) was um, oh, what if what if she goes home and visits over winter break? So we sort of continue from there. And yeah, it's it's definitely a high heat uh, romance. I think we've been calling it a raunch com. Oh, I like um, it. I yeah, don't know that so. I've read a raunch com before, but maybe now I have to do this more often. <laughs> I think I honestly think that uh, Rosie Dannon, the author of The Roommate, I think she sort of pioneered the term for, okay. for The Roommate. As, you know, it's a rom-com, but sometimes when people hear rom-com, they think, oh, you know, low heat, just a cutesy book sort of thing. And so we want to be clear, like, nope, it's it's high heat. <laughs> So do you get embarrassed? You don't get embarrassed like writing about sex and all that? I did tell my mom she was not allowed to read this book. Okay. She already did not comply with that. She is oh my gosh. an advanced copy. So I told her once I realized she wasn't going to listen to me, when I told her not to read it, I said, okay, you can read it, but you can never speak to me about it. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's what I have to say. So like when I, when I think about things like that, or like with my first book, which was much, much, much lower heat. It was a, a slow burn with really one uh, sex scene. My Some of my mom's friends in a book club read that book, which was, you know, okay, fine. If that book club reads Mistakes Were Made, yeah, I will be a little bit <laughs> a little bit embarrassed uh, in that regard. But, but you know, I, I love to write it. I think it's a lot of fun. So, Well, to be honest, it wasn't, I mean, I'm, I don't mean to mischaracterize it as like a complete like sex show. It just, you know, there's a lot of heart to it too. And even, you know, I'm a, I'm a divorced mom who has to share custody and is dealing with kids who are, you know, away. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you tapped into that too, the like longing for kids, missing kids, how to navigate divorce. And, you know, there's a lot in there. You packed in a lot. Yeah, thank you. I, I definitely tried to. It, it's strange because when I first wrote it, I was closer in age to Cassie, the college student. Yep. And through all various revisions and everything, I'm I'm now closer in age to to Aaron, the the older single mom. And so that's that has been really, I think, interesting. I think Cassie was probably a lot stronger in you know sort of that first first draft long ago because that was more where I, where I was in life. But yeah, I mean, I I joke about how many sex scenes it has and how my mom's not allowed to read it and all of that. But I do think that it, it does have a lot of heart. And I certainly hope that it does. And I think that a lot of romances like that, I think a lot of times romance as a genre can be, you know, dismissed as, oh, this is trashy or these are just sexy books or whatever. When so much of romance is really, I don't know, groundbreaking isn't the right, right word, but um, just sort of important and heartfelt. And there's a lot more to to the books than if they were just sexy books while also at the same time if they're just sexy books that's okay too i you know i sort of i grew up with that that being taught the literary elitism about romance and i'm glad to have moved past that and be at a point where i'm like if all it is is a sexy book that's enough you know it's about entertaining people so but yeah i do think that that this this book is not trashy Oh, no, I I don't think romance, I think in general, romance is not trashy, but I think that 
people are taught that a lot. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, so go back a little bit to, mm-hmm. so obviously you started fan fiction. Did you always, like, when did you start writing? Did you, like, when did you start? And have you always been open about your sexuality and all that? Not that it's any mm-hmm. of my business, but just wondering. Um, like, when did I start writing Mistakes Were Made or when did I start writing, like, in general? In, first in general. Okay. Yeah. God, when I was teeny tiny. Uh-huh. Um, in third grade, we did night writes every Tuesday. And you were, you know, we were given a prompt and you were supposed to write, I don't remember anymore, but it was probably like one handwritten page, you know, and I learned to type because I was writing so, such long responses to these prompts. So, you know, (laughs) you would be supposed to turn in one handwritten page and I would turn in four single space type pages instead. So I've sort of always been telling stories in that regard and I think in part because I was raised to sort of look down on romance as a genre and I thought I wasn't supposed to, you know, read or write that sort of thing. Um, I think that's one of the reasons that I did get into fan fiction um, is because I was absolutely writing and reading romantic fan fiction, um, but I didn't have that sort of outside influence of like, oh, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. So I didn't really realize like, oh, I'm I'm still in the romance genre, just the fan fiction version of it. And I, that's where I really, I think, cut my teeth writing, learned a ton, always made friends with, you know, made friends with people who wrote better fix than I did and, you know, sort of badgered them about how much I loved their work until we became friends. <laughs> um, some of whom I'm, I'm still friends with today um, and who still read my work and help me brainstorm and help me make everything better even now that I'm sort of, you know, moved on from the fan fiction world. So yeah, so I, I I really learned just so much by writing in fan fiction, and then um, eventually decided, sort of after looking at the number of queer people in media, especially queer women who aren't given happily ever afters, mm-hmm. that's really what pushed me into focusing more on. I, I was always also writing original fiction, but that's what pushed me more into focusing on it, just because. Of, I recognized that, you know, this is something that's necessary and this is something that I can do and I want to do and like to do. Um, So that's where I I sort of shifted into focusing on original fiction and telling Happily Ever Afters for, I think as my bio says, I think it's, uh, I write Happily Ever Afters for queer folks who love women Um, because, you know, originally I did, you know, I'm I'm non-binary, but I'm assigned female at birth. I sort of grew up within the sapphic community. Um, and that's, that's what I thought I was writing, you know, happily ever afters between women. Um, but I have future books on the table that will also include non-binary characters and things like that. So I've adjusted my, my (laughs) bio just a little bit, um, to just be, yeah, happily ever afters for queer folks who love women. Cause there's just not enough of them, I think in, in media. I love that. Wait, what you've piqued my interest in the next book. So what do you, what, what's coming next? Um, the next book is, is still, is still two female main characters. Um, it is called Cleat Cute and it is between, <laughs> <laughs> it is between two soccer players who are both, uh, fighting for a spot on the roster for the United States in the world cup. And, um, they realize that cooperation may be better than competition. Um, both on the field and in the bedroom. Interesting. And then my next one after that, which I don't have nailed down yet, 
I do have a non-binary main character will, will be, and it will be a, um, you know, oh, there was a non-refundable honeymoon that we have to go on together. It's a forced, forced proximity sort of, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I want to try writing one of those. You're like you're all stuck somewhere, like right? <laughs> yeah, there's a certain amount of time, and you're all in the same place. Like, I don't know. I, I think that'd be fun to try. I like that outside that, yeah. that outside pressure. I'm like somebody give me an assignment, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to the novel that I am writing, which is like, I wonder where I'm going to get if I win. <laughs> um, I understand that. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help and I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. Did you, um, did you ever have trouble like selling this concept or did you find this very easy to sell this book, the, the previous book, like obviously it's so necessary in the market and you've totally like hit the sweet spot. I, I'll stop making like, <laughs> but you know, now my mind is in a bad place, but not a bad place, but you know what I mean? Just, yeah. An innuendo place. An innuendo place. Yes. Let's say that. So did you ever, like, did you get pushback? Did you know which publisher to, to pitch to? Did you have trouble getting an agent or was it like an easy process for you? So I, with something to talk about, which is, was my first book, mm-hmm. I did a program called Pitch Wars, which yeah. doesn't exist anymore, but it is a writing mentorship yeah. program. And got paired up with a great mentor and went through that. And that's how I got my first agent. But sort of all the way through that, you know, my mentor did 
I don't know, caution is maybe the right word to caution me of, you know, you might, there might be less interests just be, just because of the way that the romance world works and all of that. And something to talk about came out um, in 2020 through Berkeley. And it was actually Berkeley's first FF romance in print. Mm -hmm. So it was, I don't want to say it was groundbreaking because obviously people have been writing queer romance forever for long before sort of mainstream publishing was paying attention. But but it was their first FF romance in print, and I, I didn't didn't get pushback. You know, I didn't get pushback on it. I I did get my agent. I did get a book deal. The, the book came out, but I sort of with mistakes were made. I feel like it's just such a different climate. You know, when something to talk about came out, I was desperate, searching for other people who were who were writing ff and mm-hmm. try and either getting or trying to get published you know by sort of you know the big five or whatever whereas now there's a lot of, of a lot of us or at least a lot more of us and so i think that in the time between something to talk about and mistakes were made there has been a real growth of the community mm-hmm. and i think i think it is it's a strong community i really i like everybody in it um so I, that has been really heartening to see and i hope that only continues to to grow. Did you have any other titles that you were considering for this? Uh, so I I lovingly refer to this book as the MILF book. And I really tried to get I spent a long time coming up with titles that would abbreviate into M-I-L-F. Mm. So I really pushed for make it last forever just so that I could abbreviate it to MILF every time I talked about it. <laughs> But uh, I think mistakes were made is is the right pick for sure. You were vetoed on that by the publisher. I wasn't. I wasn't vetoed. It was included in a right. variety of of options, and everybody really liked mistakes were made. And I'm. I love. Mistakes no, I were love made. the title. I yeah. love the title. It's so. It's just such a great thing. Is this going to be a movie? Do you think? I feel like it has. I would love cinematic. it. <laughs> Please tell Hollywood that. Right. Uh, it's like a total like you know in the olden days. What's her name? Meg Ryan type thing, but not I would friend, not Billy <laughs> Crystal or whatever. <laughs> or Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, that's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah. I would I would love that. I would love to see that. I guess fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I can see I'm sure well, I don't know. I think it's very visual the way you wrote it. You know, you can like see yourself in all these different scenes and restaurants and homes and you know even at the end with our little happy, happy ending of sorts. I won't, yeah. I won't. Um, oh my gosh, there I go again. <laughs> um, so when you're not writing, tell me about your life. Gosh, lately it's all writing because I am on deadline for, for Cleek Cute. But when I'm not writing, I live with my wife in Michigan. Um, we have a dog and a cat. We don't, take our dog off out enough and give her enough exercise so we're constantly trying to because she is just a ball of energy but yeah my mom uh, lives on the shores of lake michigan so we spend a lot of time at the beach uh especially now it's the end of summer i think i think i've probably swam in the lake for the for the last time this year but love love being outdoors and hanging out with my family was your book inspired at all by a particular mom of a friend of yours (laughs) It was not. No, uh, I will say just in terms of uh, of are you also asking like could it be a movie? The characters' looks changed drastically once I realized that I could cast Kobe Smulders, who's from How I Met Your Mother. She's Robin in How I Met Your Mother, 
once I realized I could cast her as Aaron in, if, in like a movie version, I, I leaned into that, I, I think, as I went. But I think in the in the first draft, she maybe had blonde hair. And I just switched everything up as soon as I realized that I could do that. I loved it. I love to cast, you know, actors or models or whatever in my mind uh, as, as my characters and go from there. That's smart. Well, it's neat. I love how you have like smart women, you know, like a doctor and a, you know, when she was going to go work at NASA or something crazy. Like it's awesome. Like just letting passion out and like real feelings and whether it's, you know, what do you call it? FF or F. I don't even know that or F. It doesn't matter who it is. Right. Yeah. Like that raw energy coming out on the page. Really great. Really captivating. Thank you. Yeah. I, what what I try to do, and I did this, you know, with with something to talk about as well. I try to give sort of put different types of women on the page. I mm-hmm. guess you know I don't. There's not any one type of woman that I'm like. Oh, this is the way to be. You know. Oh, you have to be the strong female character, or you have to be this, or you have to be whatever. So just sort of exploring the characters and dynamics between characters of a whole bunch of different women. Amazing. Uh, do you have any advice for aspiring authors? For aspiring authors, I always, my my sort of number one thing that I say is write the next book. Mm. Especially, I mean, at, at least if you are trying to write books and, and get into publishing, you're always going to have to write the next one. Whether you are, you know, queer at a querying stage and you don't have an agent yet and you're sending out queries for a book, you're going to need another book to have a career at some point. So start mm-hmm. writing the next one while you're sending queries. Or once you have an agent, you know, if you go out on submission to editors, you're going to have to have another book at some point. So rather than freaking out and being nervous about being on submission, write the next book. And so that that's my go-to advice also for myself as well as, <laughs> as well as for aspiring writers of just anytime that you're sort of floundering and feeling lost in anxiety or, you know, this great big world. Of course, be gentle with yourself. I'm not saying you have to produce all the time, but when you don't know what to do next, writing the next book is, I think, often the way to go. Yes. You're even just trying to finish the one you're working on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is where I am right now. <laughs> Amazing. Meryl, thank you so much. Thank you for discussing mistakes were made and for the entertainment and thought-provokingness of the whole book. Okay. And um yeah, it's awesome. I really wish you all the best. I'm excited for Cleek Cute and all Thank the all your. I'm gonna follow all your titles forever now because you have like all these. It's great. Really well, thank awesome. you. Thank you so much, and thank you again for having me. This was a My lovely pleasure. little chat. Yes, um, and I was really glad to be here. You too. Okay. Bye. Okay. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.